0: This week on the Totally Biased Media Podcast, we talk D&D Dark Alliance, discuss Mario Golf Super Rush, and some other sports games, Jackson loses hosting privileges, and more. Stay tuned for another entirely subpar episode of T.B.M.
1: I'm Jackson Walkup, and I'm an officially licensed Wizard of the Coast property.
0: I'm Jason Simmons, and I played one good game this week.
2: I'm Jordan Walkup, and I am the walrus. Goo goo ga goo goo ga-choo Ladies and gentlemen, we have two new games to talk about this week, and some of them were even fun. <laughs> First up. We got Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance, the new game by Took Studios, same guys that gave us Livelock in twenty sixteen. Have either of you even heard of Livelock? I did zero research on this beforehand.
1: I didn't even know what DD video games were a thing until Well this. no, this isn't
2: that's not D related, that's just another game they made.
1: Top down shooter. Interesting.
2: Yeah, I will say Dark Alliance made me think Wow, these developers probably don't have any experience in this genre at all, so that makes a lot of sense. But, anyways, Dungeon Dragon Dark Alliance, which is an official Wizards of the Coast property, so for some reason, Dungeons and Dragons actually put their name on this game. It, it's somewhere between a sequel and a spiritual successor to the two Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance games, which are almost two decades old now, and. They are set in an sort of undisclosed place and time within the R.A. Salvatore, Icewind Dale, and Legends of Drist book series, which were written in the 80s. Um, th- this version of Dungeons & Dragons takes about the most un-Dungeons and Dragons stance and is a full-on hack-and-slash sort of loot-based ARPG where you play as renowned D&D hero Drizzt himself. Drizzt is in here, and then he's got his less famous but still true-to-D&D character allies, Brie, Brunor Battlehammer, and Wolfgar. And the game's sort of light on story and heavy on the, the killing monsters and things, and... I don't really know how to, to describe that other than think, like, kind of Monster hunter e, where it's not so much about the story as much as go out, fight the thing, so you can get better gear to go out and fight the bigger thing. So think Monster Hunter, but bad in every single way. <laughs> that being said...
0: Think Monster Hunter is an interesting way to talk about it. <laughs> it's it's more like bad left for dead.
2: Yeah, that, that makes sense.
0: Well, What if you took Left 4 Dead, and instead of, like, these episodic levels, you just replaced it with, um... Trash? (laughs) Yeah. Because Left 4 Dead had that whole cool thing where, um, like, each level was basically themed around one thing, and it was supposed to be kind of like a, a zombie movie for each level. Um, this goes the more traditional route of just each level is building towards, like, a, a bigger main story. Um, but none of the levels really stand by themselves at all.
2: Well, the, and they all sort of just have this... go down this hallway and fight this boss, and then that's the whole level type thing. I think that's more where, where my comparison's coming from. But yeah, to say that there's not, like... to say there's not a through line on story at all isn't, isn't really fair. But... This is not a game about story. This is a game about combat. So, what'd you guys think of it?
1: Oof. It was bad. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. This is is some of the worst combat I've played in a game in a while. I can't even think of a game that I've played in recent years that was worse than this, combat-wise. So, first of all... Maybe, uh, I never really played any of it by myself, just with you guys, so I don't know if there's, like, level scaling, sort of like, uh, I guess, like, Borderlands, where enemies will, like, have more health and stuff if you're playing with other people to, you know, make up for the fact that you won't just kill them in a few hits.
2: (laughs) Enemies are definitely scaled in terms of amount of health and stuff.
1: Okay, yeah. Because I did notice, like, I was doing pretty much nothing playing as the archer character, but I guess that does make sense if it's uh, lever, level scale. scale. <laughs> well, it's also just the fact that it's horribly
2: <sighs> balanced. So there is no consistency and right, quality yeah. between the four classes. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, I was playing as the archer. I tend to play as archer characters in games like this. And the bow is just unusable. And also, it's I wouldn't say that it's slow combat. It's like things don't really connect well. Like You can start a combo off with light attacks, and then you go to do your heavy attack, it just won't activate, and you'll stand there. The
2: timing on things is very, very strange and really hard to pin down. I There were a lot of times when it felt like inputs just straight up were not working correctly because I couldn't understand why I couldn't take an action yet, when in reality what I, what I think was happening was just if I did a light attack, I just couldn't do another input until that was finished but the actual amount of time that the light attack lasted was longer than it looked or felt like it did. So it was, it's a whole mess. Jason?
0: And That's definitely exacerbated just by, if you're playing online multiplayer, it, it's... It's peer-to-peer, which basically means if anybody in the group you're playing with has slow internet, then everybody is going to have really bad yeah. lag. Uh, so if you're not the person hosting the game, <laughs> then be prepared to have several clicks or inputs that just get completely ignored by the game, and then on top of that, you'll
1: have enemies that'll just teleport around.
0: Yeah, it's it's bad.
1: I had plenty of times where I was aiming my bow, and then it would just stop aiming.
2: I think any kind of sustained button press or something always had a real chance of just totally getting lost somewhere in the mix. It was real bad, but the problem is, even if you're playing single player, it doesn't fix it all. Inputs are still bad and inconsistent, and things just don't take the amount of time they look or feel like they should. And
0: I wonder if it if it's like intentional, designed that way, or if it's just bugs because the game has. So many yeah. bugs. This bugs galore. Um, I didn't notice too much with like enemies bugging out, but w- one bug we ran into, literally every single time you go back to base camp, whether it's the first time you're loading into the game or after you've completed a mission, voice chat gets re-enabled, even if you just disabled it. So you'll go into the menu. It'll say that voice chat is turned off and then you have to turn it back on and then turn it off again, then save the settings before it finally turns off.
2: Yeah, it's it's a mess. This game needed bare minimum several more months' development time for it to even be playable. And even if that were all in place, I still don't think this game would have been especially good because the character progression and the level progression in it are just so tedious and the changes that happen level to level are just your damage numbers go up like nothing feels different
0: that's all the level ups in the game there are new attacks that you can unlock which actually can change the way you fight but i found that they're so inconsistent to get to activate that it doesn't even really matter um but then every other level (laughs) Like, every other perk you get from leveling up is just, oh, this number goes up. It's like, you'll dodge 5% more often, or something like that. And it just doesn't feel like you're actually progressing. It just feels like, I mean, since the enemies scale to you as you level up anyways, it doesn't feel like anything's changing.
2: Like, this is clearly has the bones of a loot-centric game, but the loot and the character leveling does so little that it loses a lot of sort of the vitality that that should give the game and it's just not nothing about it feels right both in terms of minute-to-minute gameplay or long-form progression
0: the loot also just makes numbers go up i mean one thing i do like is whenever you get a new piece of loot it has its own skin i don't think there are many uh, actually, like, since I looked at it, I don't think that there are a lot of, like, uniquely designed armor pieces for each character. Like, uh, I only played a, we I I don't know how much we played, but I already had several items that were just reskins of the same thing with different numbers on it.
2: Jackson, why don't you kick us off with your thoughts on, like, character design and level design and just the overall visuals. What, what were you
0: thinking? Character design, I'm just gonna go ahead and interrupt, is... Not something
1: we can rate this game on,
0: because all the designs are stolen from illustrations done for the books.
1: I mean, I I will say, they're not like, I don't think they're bad designs or anything. I think it fits the aesthetic that D&D goes for, but I don't think there's really too much to say about it. I
2: think that one of the few things about this game that I truly thought was, like, showed a lot of potential, I wouldn't say it was great, but I think was definitely better than what the rest of the game set up, was the look of the world and of the levels like in practicality the levels were basically straight lines that led to a boss but there was a lot of dynamic visuals that i thought gave them a lot of character it wasn't really played upon enough but i think like they actually did a pretty good job with making it the levels look interesting not to say they look good because <laughs> there are still a lot of visual problems with the game but i think it was actually like a, a good bit of personality in the level designs even if in function they were fairly straightforward
0: i mean i felt like a lot of the levels were just kind of generic fantasy settings i mean the whole first like arc that you go on it's in and around some dwarven ruins i guess that have been taken over by evil dwarves <laughs> Oh, yeah, that reminds me. Every time that you would run up to enemies in this game, and they would just stand around and not attack you. (laughs) So the first time that we we did one of the missions with the evil dwarves, we ran up to them, and none of them started attacking us. So I attacked one of them. (laughs) And I was like, is this like Halo, where if you attack your allies, they just start attacking you? Because, I mean, like, maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention, (laughs) but it... Did not seem like they were enemies until I attacked them. Huh? And that happened a lot. It was just more obvious when, you know, goblins are supposed to be enemies than it is when just dwarves with a skin condition. (laughs) There's a lot of issues in this game that I've seen in other games. Like, how many games have you played where the combat just feels like button mashing? You know? (laughs) Like, it's so... I know it's not easy to make a game that doesn't feel button mashy, but at this point, there should at least be some obvious ways to avoid it. And I don't know how, like, this game got through testing with all the bugs and just the lack of fun gameplay. Like, the moment-to-moment gameplay is so boring in this game. Occasionally, they'll try to spice it up with, like, puzzles, but the puzzles are garbage. (laughs) The first thing you
2: come across is literally walk across all four switches in any order there's no, like, rhyme or reason to it. It's just walk across these four switches, which are all in a line. And, like, after that point, I was just like, well, they did not, like, not even the devs took this seriously. <laughs> like, so. Yeah, this game clearly was rushed beyond belief. And they, I, I really feel like this game should have been scrapped altogether, but they were probably just too far into development to do that.
0: I think if they wanted to make a Drist game, it should have been something more Witcher-esque.
2: I agree. It kind of... It kind of feels like that's the type of game that Driss as a character lends himself to. And that's just... They squandered that because they wanted it to be more co-op-centric. Which I get, but it also was a big hindrance on the game. But, I think that's enough Dungeons of Dragons Dark Alliance. I'm going to go ahead and give it my score. Which, my pros... I mean, there are some cool visual things. I guess. Nothing nothing else even really comes to mind. The cons, it's bad combat in a very combat-centric game, and the progression system feels totally unnecessary and not fun at all. Uh, Honestly, the only reason that I even wanted to keep this game in the episode is because I was excited about the prospect of something getting a worse score than Godzilla vs. Kong and I'm glad it finally happened because I'm giving this game a 3 out of 10 and even that might be generous. Nice.
0: <laughs> I, I think I can agree. I, For me, I mean, like I said, it feels like a waste of the D&D license. Um, there's definitely better games that could have been made with these characters just it's so rushed like the combat feels like garbage the online which is i don't think it does it have split screen i i played on pc so i don't i don't know uh so no split screen like so the only way you can play co-op is online and the netcode is so bad that (laughs) i guess i don't even know if it's the netcode or just the fact that it's peer-to-peer but either way like playing with other people online is a nightmare just because of all the additional lag it adds there's no meaningful progression other than unlocking new moves every once in a while. And it doesn't even seem... <laughs> like, getting new weapons should have some kind of effect on your character. And it just doesn't. So, I I think I agree. I'm gonna go... I, I'll go lower. You know what? I'll say 2 out of 10.
2: This is a good one.
0: <laughs> It'll get a 3 out... I, I would probably give it a higher score if it didn't have so many yeah. bugs. But, like... Then there's, I, There wasn't any game-breaking bugs. But just... So many small things that should have been fixed before release. The game, at the very least, should have been delayed to fix those.
2: Okay, well, we got a lot more to get into. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Mario Golf Super Rush. It is the sixth official Mario Golf game. But we got Mario Golf games going all the way back to 1984, before those cowards at Nintendo started putting Mario's name on everything. <laughs> so, this game's made by Camelot, which makes most of the Mario sports games, uh, most notably, two of my favorite sports games and favorite Game Boy Advance games. And just, I would just say favorite games ever uh, Mario Tennis Power Tour and Mario Golf Advance Tour. They also made the Golden Sun series, so, like, these guys have cranked out some real bangers if we're talking about the Game Boy Advance specifically. (laughs) So, Super Rush still sort of at its core a golf game, but it adds one new element, which is sort of turning the whole thing on its head, which is speed. (laughs) Everything in Mario Golf Super Rush is fast. Like, you still have your regular old... 18 holes fewest strokes possible golf but you also have a lot of new game modes like speed golf where you have to run to your ball and see who can get it into the hole the fastest and then you have cross country golf where you have a whole course laid out and you can hit the ball at any hole you want and you have to do it in different orders and figure out the most effective way to knock out the whole course in the fewest number of strokes and then you have battle golf where there are dozens of holes spread across the map and you have you know a dozen or i think it's eight different players all shooting for all the holes at once and you're trying to see who can get them the fastest and it's a lot of golf but very little regular golf (laughs) so one thing that this game brings back and a big part of our review today is the fact that uh Super Rush reintroduces the RPG story mode, which was originally added in Mario Golf Advance Tour. It's a pretty big variation of that RPG mode, but we do still have like a single-player story with the progression system and all that stuff. But we got a lot to review in this game, so let's start this way. All the running around aside, what did you guys think of just like Playing some golf with Mario and friends.
1: I liked it. I I think it was pretty fun. I wasn't very good at it. Uh, very rarely did I uh, not go over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was fun. I don't really think there was anything bad about it. I mean, it's I, I haven't really played any other golf games, so like I kind of just want to know is it is the golf itself pretty similar to, like, other golf games, just it's, you know, Mario characters in a world. I mean, it's similar to other Mario golf games, for sure.
2: and it's... It is, at the surface, pretty similar to traditional golf games. I mean, like, Nintendo themselves were the first ones to really do golf video games, and they sort of set the standard for that, like, three-button system for how you shoot. Um, so, like, well, you know, (laughs) how you take shots. Um... That's uh, that's all pretty much the same as other golf games. I I love golf games. I grew up playing a ton of Hot Shots Golf, specifically uh, the one, whatever the first one for the PSP was. Like that's one of my most played games of all time. Um, and that system has pretty much been the same for years and years and years and years. Uh, some golf games do like a totally separate system where you use one of the thumbsticks to control your shot. Don't love that as much, but this is more that traditional three-button system, but with one big difference that I really don't like, and that is the fact that the third button is just gone now. (laughs) So, (laughs) traditionally in golf games, you press a button to start the gauge, a little dot moves across a line, the far end of it is, like, the hardest you can hit the ball, you stop that little dot somewhere on the line you have to then press the button again as another little dot moves close to that dot and the closer those two dots are together the better your shot is like it's it's been such a foundational system for golf games in general that they have almost all used it even across different companies games um this game was just like what if all you had to control was how hard the shot was and then that third click was just RNG. And, boy howdy, once I figured out that was happening, I like this game a whole lot less. Oh,
0: so it just straight up is RNG? Like, whether it goes left yep, or right at the end? you cannot not
2: control that whatsoever.
0: I figured it was just, like,
1: timing-based, but it was, you know, yeah, weird. No,
2: you can just not press the button at all. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, see, that's one of the things I wanted to know about, because, as I said, haven't played any other golf games, so I didn't know if... That RNG system there was, you know, kind of a unique thing or something that was in all golf games. that's
2: new to this one, and that system does a little bit to fix it, so essentially the harder your shot is, the more likely you are for it to veer off course. You don't control which direction or whatever. So, the way that it makes up for that is you can do button inputs while you're on the backswing, which will then sort of curve the ball, but... The entire time you're doing that, it's still just at the mercy of. Well, I might screw this shot up really bad. Not up to you, there, bud. <laughs>
0: I don't think it's curve that you're doing. I think it's uh, the spin, isn't it? Well,
2: yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, which will. So that, I don't think that
0: affects it until the first time it hits the ground.
2: But it's it's a whole thing. Like they took a perfectly good system and then they kind of just did away with it. And
0: they they made changes just to make changes
2: yeah and it's not to say that like just playing a round of golf in this game isn't fun because it is it still really is but it would be so much better if they just stuck with what they know
0: and th- this game it does a lot to kind of separate itself from other games uh, at least other golf games oh absolutely uh, like the the speed golf the battle golf and the cross-country golf are all like pretty unique ideas yeah I don't really get the point of one of them I, I, I don't know I, this is what I was trying to talk to you about earlier I don't know if time really matters <laughs> in the normal game modes
2: not in a lot of what you play in the story mode
0: like I, I don't see the point of having to run to the ball because like that doesn't affect my score like
2: it does in some game modes so in some game modes how it works is it is only who is fastest that wins however anytime you hit the ball it adds 30 seconds onto your time so there is still incentive to play well not just fast
0: well i don't see the point of having me run to the ball in the other game modes like it's just a waste of my time yeah and speaking of other weird decisions there are 16 playable characters in this game. <laughs> but there are, like, 50 in the game. Yeah. And it's a golf around. game, so, like, why can't I play as all of them? <laughs>
2: yeah, no, I, I agree. And, like, I I love when Mario games add just random BS characters to their rosters. Like, we got Charge and Chuck and King Bob-omb in this game. And, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to play as literally anyone else but those two. But, like, why those two?
0: (laughs) Uh, You said you weren't gonna play as Waluigi?
2: (laughs) Now, I gotta say, Wario and Waluigi, they came back with a vengeance in this game. Like, they showed up on that course breaking some necks, (laughs) y'all. Like...
0: Well, it's, it's interesting that they're considered all-arounders. Yeah. Like, in almost every other Mario game I've ever played, at least the sports ones, I mean, uh, usually Mario and Luigi are all-arounders. But yeah. for this one, they're speed characters. And yeah. Wario and Waluigi, those are your all-around characters.
2: Because <laughs> I look at Wario's, like, physique, and I think, wow, that's someone that's good at everything. <laughs> I see
0: him, I think he has the smallest legs, maybe... I guess Toad has smaller legs, and I'm like, yeah, (laughs) that guy's going to be faster than Toad.
2: You got it. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, I don't know, there's a lot of weird decisions about this game, but honestly, I would be remiss if at least a good chunk of our review isn't specifically about the story mode, because when I first heard this game was coming, I thought, you know, that'll, that'll be fun, I bet. Um, and then I heard it was bringing back, like, a single-player RPG-style story, and I was like, I'm in. <laughs> this is it. This is the sports game I have been waiting for. And I was still hesitant, of course, because I thought the same thing about Mario Tennis. And, like, it wasn't bad. But it wasn't the story mode I was hoping for based on advanced tour.
0: Sorry, I'm actually not done complaining about characters. Why the heck is and Chuck a playable character
1: and Diddy Kong isn't? <laughs> yeah. As a and Chuck main, I don't care what you have to say.
0: Okay, well there's um, there's 16 playable characters and I can tell you at least four of them that make less sense than Diddy Kong.
2: Yeah, but they, I think they do this with every Mario sports game just to like kind of make a whole thing of it well because one they've already said for sure there's going to be dlc characters and i feel like every game has had just a few odd choices like there's always like one random enemy or something and that dates all the way back to like mario kart double dash having king boo and pd piranha as one of the duos when there were like major mario mainstays that were missing
0: yeah, that's also interesting. It's not King Boo in this game. It's just regular Boo.
2: Yep, yep. And then, like, Mario Tennis just had a Goomba. For some reason. <laughs> he didn't even have hands to hold a tennis racket.
0: <laughs> I just... Something I think is really weird about the Mario sports games is, um... I feel like they're constantly... At least with the ones Camelot makes. They're constantly chasing after the high that they had with the Game Boy Advance ones. And they consistently miss. (laughs) It's like, just do what you did back then.
2: Yeah. Like, I, I still say I would prefer a remake of either the Game Boy Advance tennis or golf game over any, like, new Mario sports game. Because those two are just so good at everything they do. Like, they are good sports games they are good rpgs they have a really great style and progression system everything about them just feels fluid and fun and so much about recent mario sports games just aren't fun and that's i don't know it's it's dumb
0: i feel like they i don't get why they don't just make games like mario power tour or, or mario tennis power tour or mario golf advanced tour with just advanced like modern controls for the game right because those games were held back by being on the Game Boy. So there was only a, a D-pad and two buttons. Yep. It's like, these days, we have more buttons. We have, like, motion controls and all that built in. Why not just make games like they used to and just bring in some new stuff? I mean, like, wasn't one of the... <laughs> I'm going to just start complaining about Mario Tennis Aces now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I-, I just mean, like, this game's... Story mode is better than Mario Tennis Aces' story mode. I, I think. Because D- it's got more of like, you can freely run around, it, it feels more open, like there's more to do. But neither of these games are anywhere near as good as Mario Tennis Power Tour or Mario Golf Advanced Tour.
2: Now, okay, just to refocus on the story mode here and your comparison to Mario Tennis Aces. So, I don't think that Mario Tennis Aces' story mode was great by any stretch. But I did actually have fun with it from start to finish. The story mode of this game, I had fun from start till an hour and a half in. (laughs) And I have played about 10 hours total. Well, less than that. I've played like 6 or 7 hours total. I think I've I've played over 10 hours of the game, I checked. But I've only played probably 6 or 7 of that in the story. And, oof, it gets so tedious so fast. Like, it's fine at first, but... Once you get to the desert is when it totally loses any hopes of being a good game after that point. Is it like sand traps all over the place? It is, and then they replace the, the new game mode. You have limited amounts of water, and if you run out of water, you pass out and lose. But the thing is, the water is just a timer. It just goes down over time, and there's nothing you can do about it. It is literally just the same mechanic as the first area. Again, but on a worse course. Like there's just, I don't know. It gets a little better after the desert. I think I could kind of see it starting to pick back up again, but you have to go way too far in to get to that point.
0: And I'm going to guess that part of the reason that this one seems so tedious is the fact that you have to run to the ball all the time. Yes,
2: everything takes so. Now, much all effort.
0: the matches I did. It didn't really feel like I was affecting the other players or they were affecting me. It just felt like I had to run for some reason, <laughs> and I have a stamina bar that's just not long enough. Yeah, yeah, the story. I'm, I'm sure it's better if you're playing like multiplayer with friends, yeah. where you're actually, you know, like trying to, you know, screw each other up.
2: The most fun that I had with this game was Jackson and I playing with the motion controls a little bit yesterday. They're bad motion controls. But it was just fun to just screw around with it, basically. Like,
0: How's it compare to uh, my favorite golf game? Well, Wii Sports Golf.
2: It is a lot better than Wii Sports Golf, but that's because this has competent motion controls. Competent is still a loose term, but at least you can do a backswing in this game.
1: I don't know. I played... When I did motion controls by myself on my Switch, because I know your Switch has connectivity issues with your Joy-Cons for some reason. Yeah. When I played it on my Switch, I didn't really have any of the same problems that we were having when playing on your Switch.
0: Yeah, it's because it, you're irradiated, Jordan.
1: This is true.
2: I do mess with Bluetooth controllers and I'm still yet to figure out what that means. Um, probably because I'm a monster. But... <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't know. I, I really like golf games. And it's not that there's nothing to like about this game, but the content's is way too repetitive and there aren't enough there aren't enough distinct courses for just going out and playing 18 holes of golf to be enough fun by itself because that's when the game is the most fun is when you're just playing golf with regular golf rules i will say take one more thing i know you guys haven't played it battle golf actually pretty cool got stale after like 3 rounds but like it's a cool idea at least i think that could be a lot of fun if you have if you're playing with friends.
0: I think Nintendo needs to find a new... Or at least like open themselves up to new companies to make their sports games. Because yeah. I think Camelot's gotten really stale with their designs.
2: Y'all, whoever makes Mario Kart, just, just have them make everything. <laughs> Does I that mean
0: have... we're going to have Link? I <laughs> wish. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that there's still Mario Kart and not just some kind of like Super Smash Bros. kart. So weird. Horrible decision.
2: I'd be so excited about... A game where I could race as like
0: who's faster, Captain Falcon or Sonic the Hedgehog?
2: (laughs) The race we've all been wanting to know the answer to. (laughs) Okay, well, let's wrap it up. Um, This one for me, like pros, I love Mario Sports games. Like whole style, and I think they all feel pretty good to play. And I, I love just you know, I love golf games. Like they are, they're fun, they're relaxing. There's a lot of depth to them that you could also totally ignore if you were in the camp that wanted to. So like, I dig that, but the cons are just all the new game modes are just a little bit off. All the running feels super unnecessary. There's not enough distinct courses, even if they just wanted to add like a few more regular (laughs) golf courses would have been enough and kept the same number of like crazy stylized ones. But there's just, sorry.
0: I just imagined a tennis game. Where, if the ball goes over the fence, you have to go get it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'd play it.
1: Mario Kart, but if your car goes over the course, you have to run back to the start and get a new one.
0: Mario Kart, but if your car if your cart goes off the course, you have to call the insurance company.
2: You have to wait for you have to wait for a mechanic to come and fix it. You have to like sit on the side of the road in real time until you get towed. Like, uh, yeah, it's it's. There's so much just unnecessary bloat to this game that I think could have just been done without altogether. Honestly, just like why wouldn't why would a golf game just with the switches graphics and portability not been enough for you people? Like, it's. Uh, I don't think people understand just how good golf games as a concept can be like they are the probably the most accessible sports games and can also have a ton of variety and content and that is so very rarely actually capitalized on you know what the real problem is it's that hot shots golf set too high of a standard honestly yeah
0: those guest characters now every time they make a new hot shots game i'm like well let's check out that am i gonna get the play as iron man (laughs)
2: yeah yeah. it's okay <laughs> let me sum it up this way what i like about mario golf super rush mario golf what i dislike about mario golf super rush super rush like
0: it's... you know what i like the super the rush i can take it or leave
2: it <laughs> yeah we just need super mario golf that's <laughs> that's what would have fixed this game <laughs> removing the word rush from the title But anyways, that's, yeah. Good golf, bad, everything else. Um, I do think that the through line of is a a decent golf game is enough to hold it through a lot of the criticisms, but not quite all of them. So I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10.
0: I'm going to just come in here. I I didn't really play enough, I think, to give a fair review. Uh, So I'm actually just going to use my time to talk about... I hate... The Mis. The Miis are so <laughs> stupid. They look like trash. They don't, I mean like, you can't make a good me that actually looks like you. I don't know anyone that's managed to do it. I I hate me's, And Nintendo's all, right. all like, I'm gonna put a me in every single game just to spite you, Jason. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't have time for this.
1: I don't hate me's, but <laughs> for some reason, seeing a me with arms and hands instead of just two floating balls where hands would be. It's just something <laughs> weird about seeing that. I don't like it.
0: Every me looks too smug. They do. They I want to punch every me in the <laughs> face. <laughs> um anyways, uh that's all I really have to say about Mario Golf. Jackson, do you have anything
1: to say?
2: Jackson, what are your thoughts as a first-time golf gamer?
1: Um as I said, I even though the weird RNG mechanic with the ball movement after you've hit it is kind of odd. I I still think the regular golfing is pretty fun, and I could see myself coming back to play a few rounds of this every now and then.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest. I actually I do intend to continue playing this game. Um, we still haven't talked about the good game I played this week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I now that I've unlocked all of the courses in the game, I 100% plan to just abandon the story, but, like, this is a game I could see myself coming back to, for sure. Especially, like, if I'm playing with friends. Like, the next time I go out of town to visit friends or something, we are absolutely all going to be playing it with the motion controls, just, like, (laughs) making absolute idiots of ourselves. So, you know, there's still, like, fun to be had with this game. It's just bogged down by a lot of stuff. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first official episode of the IMDbACTGS, or the International Movie Database Acting Credits Trivia Game Show. I know what you're thinking. Why? And we're going to get there. But first, I'm going to go over the rules. So, I'm going to give you a couple of pieces of information about a movie, primarily based on the actors that are in it, and all you guys have to do. Is guess the name of the movie. It's it's easy. So Avatar. So for example, Jason, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an easy one here, and okay. you just gotta guess it for me. You so, got it. So this 2007 animated family comedy, Square <laughs> featured actors Jerry Seinfeld and Renee Zellweger, and included Patrick Warburton as Ken.
0: Oh, ooh, uh, the Wasp film.
2: <laughs> you you get the, the joke. It, it's the B-movie. But you get it. So I'm going to give you the year, the genre, and three actors, and I'm going to tell you what role one of the three actors played. Pretty straightforward stuff. So just think actor, genre, year, piece it all together. You got it. So, Jackson. You're gonna go first.
1: All right. This this probably this is a good chance this won't go well. I don't really know things about movies. You're gonna be fine. This idiot doesn't
0: know I'm sitting at a computer. <laughs>
2: you're gonna be fine. I'm going to give you some softballs just to get things going. All right. All right. So Jackson, this 1957 war drama <laughs> included actors Jack Hawkins, Jeffrey Horn, and. Peter Williams as Captain Reeves Um <laughs> Try and give me an honest answer.
1: Uh I, I don't know.
2: <laughs> you gotta guess something. I
1: got I got nothing.
2: <laughs> okay. It's the bridge on the river Kwai. Oh,
1: I was you, gonna guess. You'll
2: get it you'll get it next time. So I you- was gonna
0: guess Paths of Glory.
2: Close, close. Now, Jason, I'm going to give you a similar one. All right. This 2001 animated adventure comedy included actors Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz, and Mike Myers as Shrek.
0: <laughs> is
1: it is it Shrek?
2: You got it. <laughs> Scores one to zero.
1: I think I see... I, I think I can kind of see where this is going. Jackson.
2: This 1976 sci-fi adventure included Richard Jordan, Farrah Fawcett, and Michael Anderson Jr. as Doc. Uh... Shrek 2. Close. It is Logan's Run. Jason.
0: I knew that one, actually.
2: (laughs) Jason. This 2020 family adventure comedy included actors James Marsden, Jim Carrey and Ben Schwartz as Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> is it
0: is it Sonic the Hedgehog?
2: <laughs> you got it, 2-0. Jackson. You only have one chance to stay in the game. And all right. I'm going to this is an easy one. I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you an extra hint. All this right. is one of the this. most popular movies of all time. Here we go. This 1983 crime drama included actors Stephen Barr, Mary Elizabeth (laughs) Mastrantonio, and Michelle Pfeiffer as Elvira.
1: Minority Report.
2: Ooh, close. That was Scarface. (laughs) Okay, okay. So, Jason wins this one, no question. But... I do see, like, there was a little bit of a discrepancy in, like, the the time period for the movies and stuff. So, Jason, I'm going to give you one more. This is an old movie, sort of akin to everything that, you know, been given Jackson. So, this 1939 family fantasy adventure included actors Frank Morgan, Jack Haley, and Judy Garland as Dorothy.
0: Oh, this one... This is a thinker, but I, I'm pretty sure it's The Wizard of Oz.
2: Got it. All three of them. Jackson, come on. He even got the old movies, and you couldn't keep up. I do have some bad news, though, because what you were playing for was your ability to stay on the podcast. No! So, so I, I do no. have some bad news about future episodes.
1: I guess that's it. I'm not still on TVM anymore.
2: <sighs> RIP Jackson. But you can wait it out the rest of the episode where we get into some headlines. We're gonna take a quick break, and then we're back for the long haul.
0: Twenty
2: sixteen was a dark year for all of us. Most notably Because the PSP's digital storefront shut down. And ever since, we've been missing them sweet PSP games. But this week, Sony reassured us that you've actually been able to get to them the whole time. It's just a nightmare to do. (laughs) So, this basically boils down to, it is still possible to buy PSP games, like digital PSP games. Just you have to do it on a different device, and then download it from there to your PSP, it's a whole thing. But, at least now we know there is a safe way for all of us to still play the good Dissidia. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily know that the PSP has that many games that we still, you know, really gotta hold on to, but I'm not giving Dissidia up. They can't seem to make a good one no matter what they do. So, like, I'll keep my PSP until the grave for that very reason.
0: Yeah, I can get by that. Sony loves making things difficult for people.
2: (laughs) Well, this headline really had legs. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should leave it in.
0: James Cameron just recently came out and decided to give uh, an oral history uh, for the original Terminator movie, and we learned some pretty interesting stuff about his creative process in there. Uh, Specifically in the interview, he talked about how his idea for John Connor was basically something that came to him while he was high on ecstasy. Ugh.
2: James, you, you gotta have some consistency in your ideals here, bud. Everyone's already getting real skeptical about just you in general. Like, you can't just say this now. <laughs> it makes you wonder... It's kind of
0: funny, because he also said he was listening to Sting. <laughs> and I do kind of wonder, um, was he listening to Sting, or was he listening to the police?
1: it just makes me wonder like how much of this movie was made while he was on ecstasy
0: well i'm just imagining him i mean probably just the writing part i don't think he went into work high oh yeah
1: i just mean like of of the writing the movie how much of this was written from the mind of a guy high on ecstasy
0: i like to imagine him just like sitting in his room listening to roxanne And he's like, I just thought of the Terminator.
2: Robots from the future. (laughs) Robots from the future. (laughs) Yeah. Oh no,
0: they're gonna put on the red light!
2: (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, it's... Oof. It's wild stuff. I hope that... I hope he is just, like, out of his mind the entire time that he is and or was writing the script for Avatar 2. Um because clearly there was nothing to boost the creative process going into Avatar 1 <laughs> so like maybe he needs that extra boost to make this one yeah. actually interesting you think
1: yeah you he- think he hasn't made Avatar 2 yet cuz he just hasn't found the right time to get high on ecstasy <laughs> no here's what it he's was he's just waiting for that perfect moment
2: <laughs> here's what it was the entire writing process for Avatar 1 he showed up to work in his like prius in his khakis and polo, and he went and sat upright at his desk for nine hours, typing on a computer, never looking away from the screen, just as bland and boring as possible, cranks out 95% of Avatar. And then one weekend, he has some friends come into town, and they're like, you gotta try this. And then that weekend produced the fact that you use your hair... ...to both have sex and control animals (laughs) in the Avatar universe.
0: I hate... ...like how Avatar is getting so many sequels. And I don't... Nobody likes Avatar. Like, I don't understand where it's coming from. Hey. Everyone I know that talks about Avatar is just like, it was alright.
2: Every time... Or they haven't seen it. Every time I see a headline about Avatar, I read the comments... And there's one person in there that's like, can't wait for this, the first one was my favorite movie ever. I mean, yeah, there's a thousand people then dunking on that person too, but like, someone out there is way into it. Me, when I was like 13 when the first one came out, I was way into it until two-thirds of the way into the movie.
0: I just thought it was too boring, like...
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, nothing, nothing of substance whatsoever.
0: I'm not gonna be able to sit through like how many more of these are scheduled? Like five. I want to think. I think four there are five sequels. Foobies.
2: Or yeah, it could be. I don't know. It's too much. Too much.
0: Oh, <sighs> uh, we will review them though. Oh,
2: absolutely. Without question. that's a promise. Yep. Yep. Looking forward to talking about them. Honestly,
0: <laughs> even if something horrible happens, or if we just like do the podcast, but we stop doing reviews, we're still gonna review Avatar too. <laughs> Fair minimum.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Coming back out of retirement. And it could still be like 10 years from now for all we know, so like, it could be long after this podcast has ceased to exist. (laughs) Uh, I'm short-sighted, y'all. Sorry.
0: (laughs) I'm nearsighted.
2: Same. Too true.
0: But only in one eye.
1: All right. Well, Jordan, what have you been into this week?
2: Well, Mario Golf has left me itching for that one golf game that really just hits that sweet spot. And that's a weird thing to say about a golf video game, I know. But I tried a couple to sort of get back in that headspace. Two of them are pretty notable. One of them, Clap Hands Golf, which is a mobile game made by the company that previously made the Hot Shots Golf games. Uh, pretty good, actually. Real, real weird. A lot of strange choices about the progression and stuff, but like, actually like a genuinely good game. Um, it's only on Apple Arcade right now. I'm sure it's coming to consoles or something in the near future, but it's actually pretty fun. It's a good distraction for... Uh, Like, for breaks at work and stuff, Um, you generally only play it three holes at a time, which is nice, like, pretty easy to to break out. But, y'all, I found the one. I found the golf game. It captures everything I liked about the old Game Boy Advance Mario sports games. And honestly, with the trajectory it's on might actually do what they did even better it is a it is a 2017 16-bit golf game called golf story (laughs) a game that i 100% wrote off when it was released but this game is perfect for what i wanted it to be It is 100% in the style of Mario Golf Advance Tour. It's the same visuals, it's the same type of story-ish type RPG thing, but it doesn't have those sort of campy over-the-top Mario moments, which it's not a good or bad thing that those are gone, it's just it's different. And like, it's really good golf, it looks great, you're Everything you do, like, connects together really well. Like, everything you do on and off the course is part of this continuing story and progression stuff, and, like, it's just so cool. Like, it is so much fun, and it really captures everything I loved about those games back in the day. I haven't played a ton of it yet, but, like, literally from five minutes in, I was just blown away by how much it captured everything that was good about those games. So like Golf Story. Just go and play it. Get it for like 10 bucks on you know the the Switch or I think it's I think it's maybe just Switch and PC but regardless, play it. It's great. But Jason, what have you been into?
0: Well, I actually lied earlier. I said I only played one good game, but I I really did play two. Um the first one I want to talk about is I picked up Yakuza Zero <laughs> again, <laughs> which I picked it up on PC a while back, uh, and I just don't play as many games on PC these days. So I decided to pick it up on the PlayStation. I started it up, and those games are just fun. Like, <laughs> I think like there's this really nice juxtaposition between you know the the super serious like Yakuza parts of the game where it's like. You're in the mob, <laughs> like, and then ten minutes later, it's like you're you're playing uh, with remote control cars, <laughs> and it's like the game doesn't treat them like there any. There's any difference between how serious these two things are when there clearly is. It's just a lot of fun. It's super varied. Like, there's plenty to do. Or if you like explore the city, the side stories can be like pretty funny honestly um there's some interesting ones like some guys just randomly walk up to you and they're like we need a producer for our commercial and they're like but our normal producer isn't able to be here today so it's like we need you to do it (laughs) And, and then you just have to go do this like essentially just a word puzzle more or less where it's you're doing producer stuff around the uh commercial being filmed and every once in a while they'll use like lingo from the like film industry (laughs) and you just have to figure out what it is uh and i i don't know it's a whole thing and then of course that's all followed up by a fist fight because the combat in yakuza 1 through 6 and 0 is (laughs) probably the main focus of the game just coming in and getting to beat the crap out of people I've uh, been having quite a bit of fun with that, uh, and then other than that, I've been getting a jump start, playing through Mass Effect Three, uh, in preparation for when we inevitably review that one in the future, and it's pretty good. I had originally written it off when I tried it uh, several years ago because <laughs> when I started it, I was getting kind of burned out because I played the first two games over the course of like a week each and i i spent i like 100% beat both of them <laughs> uh and then i went into the third one and the third one like the combat is much faster it it feels similar but everything's faster there's more of a rush to it it doesn't kind of uh it doesn't waste time There's always, like, enemies shooting at you. I think generally anytime you're in combat, there's more enemies uh, attacking you at a single time. Which makes it more frantic and pretty enjoyable. And then, you know, the relationships with the characters that you, you know, have been interacting with for two games now. That's like 80 hours, (laughs) roughly. It's just a really good time. I'm enjoying it so far. I don't want to get too far into that one, because I'll be saving that for... A future view and then been watching it's always sunny in philadelphia and that show is hilarious don't really have too too much i want to say about it because i feel like most people have seen it by now but if you haven't it's basically just a show about some bar owners in philadelphia who are horrible people and the the, the hijinks that they get into because of how horrible they are also, Danny DeVito's there, <laughs> but I think it's enough for me. Hey, uh, Jackson, what you been up to?
1: I also started Mass Effect three beginning of this week after we finished Mass Effect two. But I uh, like you were many years ago, I was kind of burnt out of Mass Effect because we had reviewed one just a few weeks prior, and then I spent pretty much all week up until reviewing it playing Mass Effect two. So. I didn't play too much of Mass Effect 3 before deciding to take a break, so naturally, uh, I played some Destiny (laughs) 2, and that's really the only other game I've played this week other than Mario Golf and Dark Alliance, and nothing, no new interesting stuff has happened for me to really talk about. Uh,
0: Jackson's just been sitting in a dark room alone for the past week playing Mario Golf and Dark Alliance, that's all there is to it.
2: Well, folks... That just about does it for another episode of the Totally Biased Media Podcast. We hope you'll reach out to us on Twitter, at TBMcast, on Instagram at Totally Bias Media, or send us an email to totally media at gmail.com. Let us know your reviews for new release shows and games and movies, or let us know what you think of the show or suggestions for Things you'd like to see us try or do differently or get rid of altogether. Just whatever you're feeling about the show, let us know, and we'll be thrilled to sort of get some feedback and see what we can do to better the podcast in every way. But to close us out, I'm Jordan Walkup.
0: I'm Jason Simmons. And I'm Jackson Walk Up. And you just felt the bias.
2: Thank you, everybody. Goodbye.